0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 55, released on July 29th, 2009. My name is Steve Yunus, and with me, as always, is Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, actually. Uh, Had a nice weekend away. My wife and I celebrated 15 years of marriage, so we had a nice weekend away. Just happened to be on the San Diego Comic-Con weekend, and... um, uh, much to Barry's uh, chagrin, so uh, sorry to Barry for that, but uh, Barry Fryman did an excellent job uh, updating us on the uh, Comic-Con news, but we'll get into that shortly. How have you been?
1: Oh, I've been pretty good. we got a heat wave coming through here, finished the novel. It's been nuts, but it's been great. How, how about how are things for you
0: there? Yeah, um, like I said, uh, just had a nice weekend away, but uh, it's freezing here at the moment, winter. Um, I've got a beanie on and a heater under the desk while you're sitting there, I believe, uh, with nice some nice cool cherries.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, the cherries are keeping me alive. I'm I'm addicted to them. I put them in the fridge, they become ice blocks and then I kind of eat them all. It's
0: Very good. Nice. Cool. All right, well, let's get into our topics. I'm sure no one's interested in it. our private life. <laughs> never, never. Oh, <laughs> right, well, as I mentioned, Comic-Con, uh the San Diego Comic-Con International was on this past weekend uh, as we record this at the end of July. Um the biggest convention in the world, I believe, and uh It's really no longer just about comics. Uh, All the movie uh, studios get in there with uh, premieres and uh, some of the big, you know, uh, there's big panels for movies like uh, New Moon with uh, the uh, whole Twilight thing going on. Um, You know, actors and directors and everyone's there and uh, Smallville was there with a huge panel this year and Tom Welling even showed up which was surprise, surprise, something that people didn't expect. So Comic-Con's absolutely huge.
1: Yeah, it's gotten to the point where uh, basically there's lots of editorials about it, but where they talk about how in five years it'll be less about the comics and more about the movies about the comics, which is kind of strange, but uh, it... It's uh it's an ordeal as much as it is an experience. It's just crazy walking. Um, to describe it for folks that have never been there, it's you're packed tight like human sardines. And to your left is something really cool. To your right is something really cool. You just wish you could get within ten feet of it. <laughs> and like you get those panels like the uh, Twilight ones, and people line up from the day before. It's just insane. But it's it's definitely an orgy for comic people.
0: Yeah, well, I was there in two thousand and one, and was just my jaw hit the ground when I walked in. Uh, conventions here in Australia are uh, minuscule compared to San Diego's Comic Con. So, uh, absolutely gobsmacked when I got there. But uh, this year we had Ivan and Lewis James, who are two members of the Superman homepage, who uh, reported on the comics uh, on the convention for the Superman homepage, and they did a magnificent job. I couldn't have asked for a better team of guys uh, attending Comic Con to. Uh, send us live updates right from the floor, right from the panels. And uh, Barry Fryman, as I said, was the man on hand at the computer on this side of things, uh, posting the updates to the website for everyone to to read and see, and uh, what a magnificent job they did.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. It's got us talking, you know, like off off the show, we were talking about brand new ways to report things and, and looking at new options, and it's, it's actually been quite revolutionary. I think it's something that we're going to, to continue to follow up on and, and use in,
0: in the future. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of the events that took place at Comic Con, we had uh, probably the biggest news for Superman fans was the Smallville panel. Uh, obviously, DC had their own panels for Superman Two Worlds and and you know the, the DC Nation and DC Universe panels that they always have. But Smallville was obviously the big talking point from Comic Con for Superman fans. One for the fact that Tom Welling actually finally showed up to uh, do some kind of press uh in a promotion for smallville we haven't seen him you know in an interview let alone in a public uh convention so uh yeah uh, a lot of news coming out of the smallville panel what did you uh get out of it first well i was i i um
1: <laughs> i was a bit perplexed at first i saw these uh these um reports about people getting dragged into a closet and showing <laughs> the superman suit you know it's like like ee, ee. you know like they wouldn't show it to everybody else if they were going to show it to some people you know but uh it it, uh, it it I think that's the most intriguing piece of news, the idea that he might actually get in a suit, even if it's a black one. Yeah, well, um, uh, first,
0: we better say off up front that that uh, rumour of people being dragged in to see the suit was actually proven false. And, yes. Uh, while there was a suit shown during the Smallville panel, there was no actual model or costume on display physically at Comic-Con, um, but they did show it on uh, the screen when they showed a trailer preview for season nine that is that's the one thing that i'm actually i'm really surprised that no images of that
1: actually got out because those those big panel rooms they're just it's it'd be impossible to be watching for people taking pictures but. well
0: actually there will be uh... and as you read this you've probably seen it on the website uh... as you hear this sorry you'll probably see it on the website uh... people did re- record video the uh... the panel uh, and the the preview from the uh... smallville season nine trailer so uh... It's online at the moment in a very kind of blurred, ah, nice. blurred uh, video format, but I'm sure the CW will eventually release a you know QuickTime or a YouTube version uh, that is of you know uh, HD quality. That would be nice. I mean, I, I'm eager to see it. It's
1: one of the first things in a while that I've been like, oh wow, that'd be really cool.
0: Okay, well, if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, it's actually a pretty much a black uh, suit he's wearing, not a cape, but more like a trench coat. Uh, You know, it's like a Kryptonian trench coat if you want to look at it from the way of Darrell's trench coat that he's worn in Superman the movie and that kind of thing. Um, People are saying it's Matrix-like. I guess you could draw that uh, comparison. And it seems to be, although it was dark shots and obviously the video footage that I've seen aren't uh, that clear, it seems to be uh, pretty much black leather maybe. And uh, he's got a light blue S-shield on his chest. Huh.
1: Sounds kind of interesting. You know, I I'd have to see it in motion. I'm not kind of a reserve judgment, but I don't know. Black suit, I yeah, I hope
0: they have a good reason. Yeah, exactly. There would want to be a reason behind the choice of colors. i it mean, was called the red blue blur, so why would he right. move away from the red blue um symbolism or uh I you know uh iconic imagery that uh, people have already started to know him by to go with a black uh, version is uh something that you'd be hoping they would cover in the story elements of the of the new season. Yeah at the very least but... yeah, well uh so we'll we look forward with interest to see how that suit is uh brought into being in the show. Uh the choices of wh- you know how he um decides on it who makes it, you know, in previous Superman lore. It's always been either something that's come out of his uh rocket ship or something that Martha has uh sewn together for him so that'll be an interesting uh you know tale to tell i guess <laughs> it's it, it who who
1: knows where the heck it's going to be I, it, but who else can sew on the show pretty much um i don't know i've never seen any of them sewing or, or doing any kind of fabric crafting <laughs> but you know we... watch bang they're going to suddenly
0: have sewed for 10 years <laughs> yeah yeah well uh probably you probably find that it might be something that uh oliver queen puts together for him who knows Ooh.
1: That makes sense, yeah, he did He did put together suits, and that would explain why it's kind of retro as opposed to uh, that kind of homemade red, yellow, and blue Americana feel.
0: Yeah, well, uh, the other big news to come out of the panel was that Jeff Johns is writing another episode for Season 9. This time around, he will be introducing the Justice Society of America or some form of that uh, team, where previously his last episode in Season 8 was uh, introducing the Legion of Superheroes. Um, and Jeff posted on his Twitter page that the episode will be titled "Society."
1: That is awesome! I cannot wait. That like the Legion one, you know they're gonna small it up a little bit. But if if it's Jeff Johns, it can't really get too wrong. He did really really well on the Legion, and I think that um, I'm willing to guess that the Society episode is going to be one of the better ones, if not the best one, next season, even without seeing anything else at all.
0: Okay, well, just uh, looking touching on that. Obviously, the Legion is a a futuristic team that, uh, obviously, you know, um, can be easily written in because they're coming back from the future, and there's no been, you know, nobody knows about them because they're not current. But the Justice Society, aren't they supposed to be like um, the first wave of heroes that are, you know, before the Justice League?
1: Yeah, they're the legacy team. They're supposed to have been around since. uh, They actually, it's the the d c version of the McCarthy scare essentially the superheroes are sent into hiding because they're, um, they're, their their le- their loyalties are questioned, but they 're supposed to have been around um it, it, long before the second age the gold they're the golden age of heroes, and then the 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 oh I forget the term for it, but there's a term for it, um the modern age of heroes that they use in the comics so it's it's basically they 'd be retired or legacy heroes who are brought back into the fray, usually by some kind of age. Um, reduction thing that they do in the comics again and again and again.
0: Okay, so that'll be interesting to see how Jeff writes in this uh, first wave of heroes, if you like, that came before Clark and the other Justice League uh, superheroes and, um, you know, why we've never heard of them before.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and um, uh, maybe they could even do lip service to Clark having heard about them before, but uh, it, it, it'll be nice to have the idea of having a superhero team around before Clark came to be that, you know, because right now the focus seems to be so much on the Justice League already in existence and Clark being the reluctant uh, kind of last member. It would be nice to show to, for him to see a positive team that lasted and had an impact at a time and maybe get him to rise up and take control of the Justice League.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. And uh, moving on with other news from the Smallville panel, we saw in the uh, trailer that you obviously haven't seen as we're recording this, but um, there seems to be a sex scene between Lois and Clark.
1: Yes, actually, I have read a little bit about that. The idea that it's, um, well, for spoiler warning, of course, but uh, that it's uh, Lois in the future, that they, uh, Lois sees a future version of herself with Clark, which is, right. you know, the whole show plays off the predestination so very, very much. It's like they all know how they're going to die, they all know what they're going to do in the future. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with it, though.
0: Yeah, very interesting. And um, I guess also this whole idea of just going back to the suit that Clark's supposed to be wearing... He wasn't wearing any kind of a mask, so again we come back to the how are they going to deal with the secret identity side of things. So uh, an yeah. interesting uh, angle there. Um, there are villains in season nine. The two, or well, the main villain will be Zod, and we'll also see Metallo.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, all the joking about Brian Austin Green aside, the uh, I, I'm eager to see it. I, I want to give him another chance, and hopefully. Hopefully they will wow me this season, you know, unlike previous seasons, but uh, I, Metallo is pretty much the last fertile ground that they haven't really clumped on yet, and we'll see what they do with it.
0: Yeah, well, again, from that trailer that they've shown, um, they show a glimpse of Metallo, and he appears to be, I guess, a cross between what you've seen on um, uh, Iron Man, with that circular uh, section of his chest where the um, kryptonite heart goes, and almost like a Kenny Braverman kind of uh, all these conduit kind of uh, what would you call them wires or uh, tubes emanating from that circular area where the kryptonite is embedded. Nice, looks so
1: pretty it's good. Kind of like a white... Yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea.
0: Yeah, so uh, lots to look forward to for season nine. Um, you know, let's hope that it's not just a lot of hype without some substance. Let's hope that uh, you know the story uh, storylines are as good as. The material that they're taking from so hopefully you know it's not just throwing in things like the suit and metello and zod and but that there's actually some kind of a coherent story that goes along with all those elements
1: yeah and at very least they're getting them in the suit they're 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 sticking with the mythology there there's a chance they could do something even if they do it half as good as their comic book come com, uh, uh their counterparts i, I i'd be pleased
0: yeah, and uh, supposedly Tom Welling is uh, also directing two episodes this season, and Alison Mack is doing one episode directing, but Tom's also come on board as a producer on the show.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. It means he has a kind of a vested interest in where it's going and a little bit of hopefully creative control because he seems to have a pretty level head about where the character is supposed to be generally.
0: Yeah, so, so. Uh, we'll wait to see what Season 9 holds for us fans. Remember, it uh, kicks off... Uh, the, the first episode will air in America on The CW at on the new night of Friday. September 25th is the first episode, so tune in September 25th for the first episode of Season 9 of Smallville. Okay, moving on, other convention news. Uh, we cannot forget that uh, this uh, past month has also seen the Cleveland uh, Super Tiki Con, um Screaming Tiki SuperCon, sorry, from Cleveland, uh, where... Uh, the families of Siegel and Shuster both attended and the probably the highlight of the convention and the celebrations there was the unveiling of the restored house where Jerry Siegel lived when he created or came up with the idea for Superman. And uh, it was uh, quite interesting to see his family, his wife Joanne, who uh, was the model for the original Lois Lane drawn by Joe Shuster and his their daughter Laura, who were there at the ribbon cutting for the unveiling of the house where Jerry lived?
1: It's really awesome. I've been following it for however long it's been going on now. What, probably about a year?
0: Yeah, about two about. years.
1: Yeah, and and it's just awesome to finally see it culminate in that. There, there is this actual piece of history that survives now that that people can look at in the coming years.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know the whole legal battle aside, um, it's nice to see, you know, the Siegel family and Schuster families being there in attendance. For, you know, to honor the role that Jerry and Joe played in creating the character, and that can't be underestimated. Um, you know, whatever you think of you know that original version that they created, and how much has changed in the seventy plus years since Action Comics number one, we wouldn't have anything without Joe and Jerry. Absolutely,
1: they were the ones that basically kept kept the idea alive in the early. You know, it was a smash success, but they had they were three or. Their submission was rejected out of hand a couple of different times, and they could have just given up, and yet they kept pushing forward, and it became this big, big thing that I'm sure neither of them expected, but to, to have the uh, the home of where these men grew up chronicled and, and, and put into a format where people can examine their origins, it's just something that's incredibly important.
0: It's great. Yeah, so congratulations to everybody involved, and well done on uh, on getting all those celebrations and conventions organized in Cleveland. Okay, moving on, and I did touch on the legal battle that's uh, ongoing between the Siegel family and DC Comics. Uh, there was a bit of a victory for DC and Warner Brothers recently, with a judge deciding that uh, pretty much the argument was, or so the Siegels were arguing that DC sold the rights to Warner Brothers for Superman Returns and Smallville uh, under the value, the market value that uh, they expected the character to be sold because of the fact that DC is a um, a subsidiary of Warner Brothers uh, but the right. judge found that uh, they sold the they licensed the character to Warner Brothers at a fair market value and therefore that's I guess one uh, one up for the DC side of the legal uh, battle Wasn't the uh, term a sweetheart deal isn't that what they were calling it? That's what they were calling it? it the seagulls were saying it was a sweetheart deal but the judge found that uh, you know, it wasn't a sweetheart deal and that they felt that, uh, the, the licensing was of fair market value.
1: Oh, yeah. you'd think that, you know, like if it were some kind of sweetheart deal, they just wouldn't charge them
0: at all, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Because it's all to...
1: going into the same coffer. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I think they, you know, I mean, just look need to look to be above board on most things, uh, between the companies and, uh, you know, you could see that there, there would be an argument there, but obviously the judge felt that, uh, it was all above board and, uh... The the interesting thing is that uh the ongoing battle is very complicated. It's uh way beyond my understanding and uh probably the understanding of most Superman fans. Uh, you know, we we like to get in there and argue between each other on who's right, who's wrong, you know, whether they have a right to do this, whether they don't have a right, but it's beyond our understanding and uh even the legal people who have a, a law background, um, you know, tread carefully when discussing this case because copyright and trademark and all these kinds of areas of law are very very complicated and um, you know we'll wait to see uh... the outcome of this ongoing legal battle yeah it, it seems like it's been going on longer than the attempt to make the next movie <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on uh, out of some of the material that came out of the uh... documents that were released from the legal um, battle and other things um, Warner Brothers have revealed that they're looking at doing a movie called Bizarro Superman.
1: <laughs> well, hey, all you gotta do is uh, get Tom Welling in there. No, I'm kidding. Um,
0: no, it, uh, is,
1: isn't that Superman 3? <laughs> well,
0: it was ten, in, uh, ten, uh, originally intended to be, um, you know, like a, a Bizarro Superman in, Bizarro, in Superman 3, but uh, yeah. obviously we got uh, the nuclear... Man, but um, I'm just looking up the information on that Bizarro Superman, and who is supposedly uh, here? We go. It's um, where are we? It's being written by Galaxy Quest scribes David Howard and Robert Gordon. Now, huh. I I never actually saw Galaxy Quest. So
1: it was pretty. It was pretty good, actually. It was it was kind of sarcastic, but uh, and a little bit, you know, um, not not epic, but definitely worth a watch.
0: Okay, so it'll be interesting. I mean, do Warner Brothers not consider Bizarro Superman to be a Superman film? Because, you know, they said there's no Superman film in the pipeline at the moment, and the, you know, the earliest they could get something started was 2011, but supposedly they've got a Bizarro Superman, so what's going on there?
1: Well, you know, he's going to go to Supermax and fight the Green Arrow. And right. when, <laughs> when he's done doing that, he's going to he's gonna go to the Green Lantern movie that's in production. And then they're going to all go into the Wonder Woman movie that's been in production forever. And uh, Steve, what are we going to get another DC movie other than Batman?
0: <laughs> well, you yeah, know, they supposedly got all these uh, different films um in the pipeline, but, um... Yeah, yeah and Jonah Hex is fast-tracked because it's got hot
1: old Megan Fox, you know, but when are we going to get a Superman movie? We're uh, going to cry over here.
0: Yeah, well, it's, uh... It's deja vu. We feel like we're in that, uh... Nicolas Cage, uh... era of news, no news, rumors, innuendo, and a lot of frustration. Ah, uh, it's sad. Yes, very sad. But all we can do with Superman fans is, you know sit and wait and hope and um you know there is there is really not much that we can do as superman fans you know you can protest you can sign petitions and you can write spec scripts and hope that somebody sees them but you know warner brothers aren't going to really pay much attention uh to fan scripts and and um and stuff like that uh this is millions and millions of dollars worth of franchises that they've got uh at stake here and uh you know, better people than us uh, are going to be involved in, in coming up with those ideas.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of these big, big committee type movies. It, it seems only rarely that they get a chance to take a kind of a risk, and that, you know, like that happened with Christopher Nolan Batman. Um, it happens occasionally in superhero movies, but we seem kind of stuck in the doldrums other than the kind of pseudo-arty films, and they're never really making a serious take that, that isn't camped up or made into a tent pole, and i i don't know i just um I, I i missed the idea of a superman movie every couple of years that i had when i was a kid <laughs> and 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 it wasn't that um it, 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 i kind of took it for granted then but now we're gonna we're waiting like a decade in between movies generally yeah. you know decade two decades it's kind of ridiculous and they got a batman movie what let's see it was probably five six seven years after batman and robin I mean, if a franchise can recover from that, yeah, you know, and and like if you look at it in terms of priorities, Superman Returns. Some people loved it, some people hated it, but it was it was kind of a good, solid movie. Not like like this huge breadwinner that everyone was hoping it would be. But compared, Batman and Robin versus uh, Batman Begins. You know, it, it it just shows that that can be revitalized as long as you get yourself onto it and start throwing money at it and getting a good
0: film out there. I don't yeah. know
1: why they don't make this a priority.
0: Yeah, you make a very good point. Um, if if Batman can survive Batman and Robin, then whether you hate it, Superman Returns, or whether you think Superman Four was you know the death knell for for death knell for Superman movies, yeah, whatever the point is, if anything can vi- survive Batman and Robin, if Batman can thrive after that, then you know. There's hope for any movie, even Catwoman,
1: or maybe just maybe I'm just flatly insulted that Jonah Hex gets another movie before Superman has one in the pipeline. You know, I mean, I, I dig Jonah Hex as much as the next guy, but I'm looking at the studio's priorities here, and I'm wondering why Jonah Hex? Why not? You know, or even like why why Jonah Hex before Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman? You know Flash, that kind. Yeah. Of
0: thing. Yeah. Well, we'll just wait with uh, bated breath and see what happens. But uh, we should touch on comics before we move on to. Uh, the big question segment of the show. Um, is there anything that's uh, really, you know, piqued your interest uh, in the last month?
1: Oh, in the last month, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm eager to, uh, about the Smallville stuff, trying to trying to get my hope on again <laughs> for for a coming year. But um, the comic books have actually really been, uh, really interesting to me, reading World of New Krypton to continuing action comics and Superman. Um, Superman's been kind of floundering a little, but it seems to be getting somewhere. And, uh, what else we got? I'm blanking on the one more. Ah,
0: well, uh, obviously Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah, is uh, tied yeah. in with those, and yeah, they did, they,
1: they, they haven't really gone too far with the big revelation and death, but uh, they, they seem to be working
0: towards something. So. Okay, and we've got this uh, upcoming code name Patriot crossover.
1: Yeah, I haven't the slightest clue as to what that's about, but it actually it, it sounds interesting. The, the, the idea of um, what. I'm guessing it has something to do with what what's going on with Lane yeah. and uh, Codename Assassin, because they did Codename Assassin, obviously it's probably some kind of sequel or, or something along those lines,
0: but it's kind of neat. Yeah, well, we wait to see, because obviously Superman, this is kind of like the, not a halfway point, but a converging point where all the Superman titles will come together for this crossover, rather than continue on telling their own separate tales that are, you know, obviously moving along parallel to each other. Uh, this uh, upcoming crossover will have uh, those titles converging, telling the same story. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all comes together. Yeah, have you been uh, have you been missing
1: Superman? Everyone uh, pretty much made out that it would be the end of the world that Superman was disappearing for a little while. But uh, well, have you been
0: enjoying the story? Obviously, uh, the new Krypton Superman, the new Krypton, is uh, the best of the titles at the moment because of the fact that Superman, or you know, Kal El, is in it um but i'm enjoying the other i'm enjoying action comics and i you know monel is is interesting but he's no superman um and you know what's going on with uh, with atlas there you know with john henry irons and um the flamebird and nightwing you know it's all interesting but it's and it's and it's keeping my interest but it's not superman so it's kind of um i guess you know keeping me on the titles but it's not i'm not you know, digging every issue and looking forward to every issue as much as I am with the new Krypton title. It needs a little bit of interaction.
1: You know, it's kind of at its best when you get the stuff between Wonk and um, and and uh, Superman and action, kind of heating up and and uh, working together a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm hoping Codename Patriot will kind of bring it together and maybe bring Superman back a little bit, um, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, how long, it, it, it seems like there's a timer on it cuz World New Krypton has the 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 12 issues and then there's got to be some kind of culmination there one would bet yeah. uh, otherwise they just make it an ongoing so. Exactly
0: and uh, obviously we're still looking forward to uh Superman um Secret Origin which uh yeah. is you know in the pipeline we've seen the first two issues uh being um solicited in DC Comics solicitation, so it's not far away folks uh we're we're looking forward to that and how that rewrites uh, the origins of Superman and the world around him. You watch it. <laughs> there will be something.
1: There's going to be something in there that can't be reconciled with what's been going on. But at least it's going to be,
0: you know, by a writer I trust. So. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move into the big question segment of the show.
2: Let's start with the big question.
0: All right. What do we got? Well, last month we asked what fans thought of Metello coming to Smallville, and uh, we've got a number of responses. Uh, Who's up first?
1: Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, we got uh, Calvin Bowes here. He wrote, uh, let me get this right. Donna Martin's boyfriend is playing Metello. Oh, God, I know that character that's sad. Is he going to spin records over the Daily Planet and start a band? Is he going to cheat on Donna with Lois Lane? Is Lana going to go to a party with Kelly and... (laughs) and get violated will chloe start (laughs) will chloe start using drugs will the peach pit be the new hangout in metropolis and will brandon start confiscating car keys and forbid clark from flying under the influence guess how i feel about it i (laughs) you know what calvin all due respect uh, it's very clear how you feel about it but it's also kind of sad that you you remember almost as much about 90210 (laughs) as i do
0: yes uh (laughs) Well, let's move on quickly. Yeah, uh, um, oh, that's sad. Mikey B wrote, uh, Sounds <laughs> cool, bro, if you like a breakdancing Matello We well, seem like the on the same track. Uh, I'm just kidding. That that was just a little 90210 reference per Neil's request. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Neil. It's, we've got you to... Bring. Yeah! He says, On a serious note, I'm actually looking forward to seeing a live-action version of this character. Who knows if we'll ever see any of these characters like Doomsday Bizarre, Mattello, etc. in any other live-action format. Thanks for doing the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Mikey B. We appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Or thank you,
1: Mikey B. Sorry, I was like, oh. <laughs> all right. I'm blanking there. Um, did you ever did you ever watch
0: 90210? No, I'm uh, thankful to say I never did.
1: Oh, bless it, B. I tell you, you've saved yourself from yeah. It's like an instant bias for this guy. But anyway, um, Cameron Stockwell wrote. Or stole. Sorry, wrote. I, I personally like the idea of bringing Metallo to Smallville. Metallo is the villain I've been hoping they would use for a long time, so it would be cool to see how it pans out. However, I don't want to get my hopes up because this is Smallville. However, and whether he will have done right or not is the question. But I do like the idea of John Corbin filling in Clark's shoes at the planet. The only thing that would really disappoint me with Metallo is if they did what Lois and Clark did with him. I I forgot what that is. What, what What did Lois and Clark do with him? Steve, so do you uh-huh. remember?
0: Good question. I can't remember Mattello and Lois Clark. It's been a long time since I've watched those uh, episodes. Um, maybe that's something that someone can fill us in with uh, for our next Radio KL show. But I uh, I don't recall Mattello off the top of my head whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's move on. John wrote, I liked Green in the Terminator TV show, and since Mattello sort of looks like a Terminator when he doesn't have skin covering him. Maybe instead of having to be the human trying to save everyone, he'll get more into his inner Terminator and be more of a villain that kicks Clark's, kicks Clark all over the place than Doomsday did, I, and be seen more than Doomsday was, and be more of an action villain than just being a villain in the shadows that's been that's seen in blue in once in a blue moon. If done right, they may have major action next year. Oh come on guys,
1: come on! I mean, two punches, two punches is a big old fight. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> we should be so lucky. Sammy J. Maynard the second wrote, Stephen Neal, the inclusion of Metallo in Season 9 is fine by me. The creators have interspersed most every member of Superman's rogues gallery, so why not Metallo? As far as Brian Austin Green in the role, I was initially worried. I guess I saw the brightly clothed high school <laughs> DJ, didn't we all, in our nightmares? Um, I've heard good reviews of his performance on that so, the, on the Sarah Connor Chronicles, so I would give him a chance. I guess I just didn't want don't want to see John Corbin and Linda Lake hook up in an attempt at TV
0: humor. Didn't Linda Lake die? Oh, my God. I hope yeah. she did. Well, she went down the drain, whatever way she went. Yeah, yeah. All, right, All right. Well, the new big question for this show is, what are your thoughts on the Superman costume Clark will be wearing in Season 9 of Smallville? Now, we're talking about the black costume with the blue S that has been sneak peeked during the trailer shown at Comic Con so uh, check out that trailer if you haven't seen it yet and send us your thoughts on what you think about the costume and we will read out everybody's answers in the next Radio KAL episode um, you can also record your your thoughts as an mp3 file and we'll play that in the next episode if you wish to do it that way but uh, get involved click on the uh, big question button found at the Superman homepage and get involved in the big questions segment of the show. For the Resistance, their moment arrives. You sure we should be going through with this? I mean, look at all the security.
2: Mr. Olsen, this was the mission that Mr. Luther assigned us at the meeting. With the press here, we have unprecedented access to the palace and news feeds. It's our best chance.
0: I just hope we live long enough to see ourselves on
2: the news tonight. As a new weapon is unveiled. I'm proud to unveil our latest creation. The Mark Epsilon Tactical Assets Liability Law Officer. Chaos ensues. This press conference is over. Now people, move to James's defense.
0: And those who remember lament what has come to
2: pass. Uh, that just makes me sick. You and me both, Barry. Jim, I, I'm sorry. Forget it. Not your fault, Steve. X-Tempest picks up steam in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 55
0: on July 29, 2009, only at PendantAudio.com Orders are given.
2: There must be no unpleasant interruptions tonight. I want every acre of the palace grounds covered.
0: Plots are laid. Find uh, somewhere in that dress to hide this.
2: What is it? Something for our little spy to give to Irons and Gordon.
0: Condolences are shared. I... Oh, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry a cyborg killed your
1: girlfriend. Seems kind of inappropriate.
0: <laughs> oh, a diplomat. And bananas are
2: mash. There is no need to get agitated, Jimmy. There's every need to get agitated. Yes. Yeah, so what are we going to do about it?
0: X-Tempest continues in Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton. Coming your way July 29th at PendantAudio.com.
2: I can't stand mass banana anyway.
0: Bailey's Bookshelf. Now we've got Michael Bailey returning for another Radio KL podcast, and here's Michael with a review of another Superman trade paperback.
2: Oh Michael, keep knocking him out. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf. We feature here on Radio K.L. where I walk over to the bookcase, pick out a Trader hardcover, and give you the briefest of lowdowns on it. This month I'm feeling a little bit romantic, so I decided to pick out a trade that came out in late 1997. Superman, The Wedding and Beyond collects Superman number 188, Superman The Wedding Album number one. Adventures of Superman number 541, Action Comics 728, and Superman the Man of Steel number 63, all of which originally came out in October of 1996. As the name suggests, this trade collects the historic wedding of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, which may not have been the first time the two walked down the aisle, the most notable being Action Comics number 484. It is the first time it happened with the official continuity slash mainstream. Lois and Clark. While the wedding actually went down in the wedding album, it was supposed to happen in either Superman number 75 or Adventures of Superman number 500. I've actually found uh, both books listed in separate sources, Uh, but a little show that would eventually be called Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, got in the way, and instead of marrying, uh, they just killed off Superman in Superman number 75. And you can Insert your typical stand-up comedian joke about marriage here if you like I don't because I'm rather happily married The idea was that when the characters got married on the show They could also be married in the comics to produce that neat little thing called synergy and have a true media event it took Lois and Clark four seasons to have those kids marry, and in the meantime, the Lois and Clark and the comics had actually broken off their engagement in early 1996, and this caused a bit of a problem when the wedding on Lois and Clark was announced, and the creative teams on the Superman books at the time, which were firmly entrenched in the triangle numbering system where continuity was tight from issue to issue to issue, seemed to have to scramble to get them back together in time for the television nuptials. The end result was a hasty and somewhat awkward reconciliation, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter, at least to me, because I've been looking forward to that wedding since Superman number 50 in late 1990. In case you were curious, the television wedding, an episode titled Swear to God, this time we're not kidding based on the false wedding from the previous season, aired on October 6, 1996, and the wedding album came out just three days later, and thankfully... The comic book version did not include actress Delta Burke who played not kidding here if you haven't seen this episode Myrtle Beach the wedding destroyer <sighs> Anyway, another first with the wedding was using a month with a fifth Wednesday in it to publish a Superman special that would highlight a big event going on in the Superman books. Later, such specials would include Superman Red, Superman Blue, Superman Forever, Superman Save the Planet, the Superman of America, Superman King of the World, and Superman Emperor Joker. This collection gives you the one issue lead up to the wedding, the wedding itself, which was an all-star jam issue, including some lost art from Kurt Swan and cameos made by many of Superman's writers, editors, artists and such, including Jerry Siegel as the man officiating the ceremony, and then the three issue honeymoon where Lois and Clark are kidnapped. Uh, because why would their honeymoon be any different from their regular lives (laughs) Clark was actually powerless at the time due to the final night event which had just gone down which made them getting uh, kidnapped a little more complicated some other interesting bits of business the wedding album came out in two editions one a deluxe edition with an all-white cover made to look like a wedding invitation and the other featuring a John Byrne cover that had the bride and groom flying off. Also, the wedding album was where Clark had his hair cut, going from the long-haired look he had been sporting since the end of Reign of the Superman to the more traditional Superman look. And it was just a long, flowing head of hair, by the way. A lot of people call it a mullet, but it was not a mullet. Mullets are short in the front and long in the back, or party out back, business up front, as you know, the common way of saying it is. Since Clark could pull his hair back into a ponytail, which he did, uh, he did not have a mullet. So please stop calling it that. Sorry, that's, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know how widely available this trade is. I actually found it at my comic shop a couple of weeks ago, uh, but, and I could not find it on one of the major uh, trade internet sites, but you might be able to track it down on eBay or Amazon, because it is well worth your time to find and read if you have not read those issues yet. It has a really neat Dan Jorgens and Jerry Ordway cover that has kind of a stained glass window on it with a Superman symbol, which looks really nice, I wish someone would actually do that, in addition to an introduction by Jeanette Kahn. So that's all for this month. Next time out, we look at a fun little collection called They Saved Luther's Brain. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Yeah. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman,
0: and that's you. Super secret soundbite time. Uh, last month, the sound came from Season 7's episode titled Gemini, and we got nine people who guessed it correctly, and who were those nine people, Neil? Well, oh, we have
1: Lance Zierlein. I hope I'm saying that right. Guthrie McLean, Mario Lopez, Cayman Stowell. Got your name right this time. Anthony Fleece, Nelda Mormon, Jonathan Zock, Buddy Gillespie, and Sammy J. Maynard II. Awesome. Thanks, yes, guys. Well
0: done, everybody. Congratulations for guessing last month's sound. Let's see if these people and others can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. <laughs> have been taking it slow for four years now. So, if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Every person who guesses it correctly will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Yeah. Alright, Superman Song Time. Neil, I'm going to let you introduce this one. Do you know what it is? I, I'm, I'm using the crystal ball, and I see something called
1: Superman with a Horn from 1946 by Woody Herman and the Herd. And here is Superman with a Horn.
0: there you have it that's our song and that's our show for another month Uh, remember if you've got a suggestion for a topic that you'd want us to discuss in a future podcast maybe there's a big question you'd like to suggest maybe there's a song you'd like to suggest maybe you have a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review whatever it might be if you've got some feedback for the Radio KAL podcast use the KAL mail feedback form found at the Superman homepage and send your ideas in And we'll try to use them in a future podcast. Well, that's the show. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And you
1: stay classy, Matrix Superman. And remember, there is no
0: spoon. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.